Hello everyone, my name is Oskar Lagerhusen and I'm the founder of The Total Living. Now I would like to read out loud the 17th blog post of the One Glance article series covering everything about non-stop capturing. After setting up both the calendar and weekly view, plus the practices for entry and exit, we are finally ready to tackle one of the most important habits for the one glance system, which is non-stop capturing. And uh, I also call it optional buffer as uh, in part four. But uh, then you ask, if non-stop capturing is so important, why do you tell me about it now instead of earlier? Because just as you cannot turn on the tap without something to pick it up with a bucket in hand, you need something to store everything you capture before capturing rapidly. Without the structure and knowledge on what to do with them, capturing generates as much stress as it relieves. So it's very important to have the infrastructure ready to support everything that flows in first. Why non-stop capture? Journaling, brain dumping, brainstorming, cleaning, writing, or simply talking to someone, actively listening to you, have all one thing in common. You externalize your thoughts. The Getting Things Done methodology, which are the pioneers of this capture mentality, by the way, modern research and productivity literature in general are in consensus and crystal clear about the importance of externalizing your thoughts. Your mind is for having ideas, but not for holding them. Commitments only in your head cause unnecessary stress and anxiety since you're constantly beaten up by these thoughts from where you work to 3 a.m. when you wake up randomly because something is still bugging you. Modern research advocates usage of distributed cognition as a way to break free from our thoughts and see connections. Research has also demonstrated that we can only hold up to four things in our head. If we try to hold more, as is often the case, we will inevitably be driven only by the latest in time and loudest in terms of urgency. Most people are not even aware of this dampening cloud of mind clutter since they've been there all their life. The last thing a fish notices is water after all. Only when you have been weightless, you realize how heavy gravity is. Conversely, when you finally start to relieve the cloud, and more of that later in this video and episode, you immediately gain a sense of relief that you never thought you could have before. Furthermore, to experience a magic flow state or everything, what's called transit hypofrontality. You have to be in the present moment, free from cognitive load and everything else. But it's much harder to achieve the state when all these open loops, mismatched commitments and guilt constantly fly around in your mind. David Allen from Getting Things Done states that you do not want to have 2,000 unprocessed emails in your mind when four people attack you in a dark alley. Instead, you want to be clear, aware, and intuitive. 
which you can be if you are fully in the present moment, free from all these open loops and thoughts. So some additional benefits of non-stop capture. To have good ideas, you need to have a lot of bad ideas. By capturing every potential seed of an idea to a trusted place, you will find yourself having good ideas and lots of content to write about it. It's like a slow burn where ideas accumulate over time. So you never have to start from scratch when delivering a product. And like compound interest, the more you save to the system, the more exponential returns you will receive. In addition, if you have the re reflex of capture, you're interruption proof. You trust that you will get back to it during a standard exit or daily update. Therefore, you can freeze and placehold your work at any moment's notice. And uh, the brain researcher and professor Tio Componole attributes the ability to placehold rapidly as the ultimate way to surf on top of the way of notifications, pings, and email instead of being buried by it. So how do you actually non-stop capture? Because instead of experiencing overwhelm, confusion, ambient anxiety, and mental constipation all the time, you solve the short-circuiting and relieve your mental RAM by writing down everything that has your attention. Do not think about what you're writing. Just dump it. Write down, or you can also record your own voice, your inner monologue, if you're unsure what to start. For instance, your inner monologue could sound like this. Oh, I need to fix the mirror in my bedroom. Oh, that reminds me, we need a new dining room chair. Oh, yes, we need to renew the garden. I want to buy the company. If I don't get cat food, Felix will die. So that's an example of how um, how infrequent, or rather, to uh, rather this fragmented nature of um, your inner monologue. And these are just streams coming randomly. And whenever you notice it, you write them down. You write down basically what you tell yourself all the time. When you first start doing this, you will feel even more relief than you ever thought you could imagine. It's like a large room with 300 people when everyone gradually becomes quiet and you will notice how much background noise is present when turned off. Furthermore, since you have already implemented parts of the one glance system, you're also ready to tackle them without any negative feelings. And uh, this is actually the initial downside of getting things done. For in the beginning, they tell you to first like do the mind sweep and uh, write down everything but until you don't until you know how to actually manage these it's kind of stressful to like see them all at once so according to me it's better to first get used to uh, both like using the calendar cleaning up afterwards doing the daily update and then you can start to really turn on the tap and get everything out i think it's much easier that way and uh, you will definitely experience that too so, and also uh, during your daily update, you collect everything you have captured and process them. So this is why learning the daily update routine is very important before maximally turning on the tap, because otherwise you're more subject to drowning in all inputs. 
So what tools can you use for non-stop capture? The tool can be anything, but it must be as easy and ubiquitous as possible. Moreover, you should use many different tools depending on the circumstances. So wherever you are, you need something to jot down things quickly <clears throat> or record with your voice quickly. I use primarily a simple A7 spiral notebook and pencil, or you can use a pen too, that fits perfectly into the pocket. I have it in very near proximity all the time, even in bed. You can also use larger notebooks or digital tools, such as your phone or smartwatch. You can choose to either write down or dictate to a place it will look during the daily update for digital ones. Whenever you're using the computer, you should have a separate text file or text page or tab or document or window available at all times because it is your augmented working memory. Use it to copy text, emails, and write down your inner monologue whenever you're stuck on a pro problem. By writing it down, you will solve it way faster since you have a distance to it. You can see it in perspective. So how often should you nonstop capture? And the answer is every time you involuntarily, you don't do it like consciously, every, every time you involuntarily experience a thought twice during your waking hours, you must write it down immediately and rec or record it in some way. And yes, you heard that right. You want to be so adamant about it because your mind is not the place to hold these things. If you're serious about living your life fully without stress, you may not let anything crawl back to the depths of your psyche where it ruminates and consumes your valuable attention and energy. You have to write it down right away, but you can do it very short. Even a keyword can suffice. You want to think of capturing as a reflex. As soon as you feel some signs of stress and thoughts running around, you instinctively write it down. You will instill the reflexive behavior after a period of practice. And you can also say that whenever you experience a negative thought, for instance, like worry or some kind of anger or tension and stuff like that, you can write it down immediately. Because every negative thought is a sign that you need to look at it in some way. So uh, that's also a good requirement. Thus, the capture tool needs to be like your extended body part. Going somewhere without your trusted capture tool should feel as weird as going out without clothes on. And it's kind of like the phone is for some people, because if you try to separate the phone for, especially people who very much like to use the phone, it's, um, it feels kind of hard. So you can say that it's kind of like a body part. And in the same way, the capture tool, which could be the mo mobile phone if you're using it responsibly, should be equally attached to you, available to you, closest proximity all the time. However, there are many thoughts to be captured in the beginning. Therefore, I advise you to take it a little easier in the beginning because it's just too much and you want to gradually build up. You might set aside some snippets of a minute each day to do quick journaling and brain dumping. However, 
you will soon realize that the more often you capture, the better you will feel. After one, two months, you will see that the initial plaguing thoughts have diminished in number. And of course, there are many exceptions which capturing is harder and not practical at all, such as like talking to people, driving and doing sports, of course. But during these times, it's important to be in the present moment anyway. So you can actually take advantage of the good work of the previous capture because not so many things are popping up as it used to be. But you can also return to non-stop capturing after you finish. But then you might ask, what if I have too much input? And this is where the buffer comes in, as explained in uh, part 14. The buffer can handle very large volumes for later review. Moreover, not every input is equal. In Antifragile, the book which I recently listened to, author Nassim Taleb argues the significant difference between signal, which is all important, and noise, which are not important and even noisy or unimportant at all. The more input, the more noise. Therefore, if you have tons of input, you can quickly surface through them and record only the most important things. You benefit from large volumes since more gold nuggets are found in the sand. You can remain unshaken by volume and preserve scale by comfortably ignoring all ones except for the most pressing issues. So in conclusion, by capturing every open loop, involuntary repeated thought or negative feeling and later process them all regularly, you're in full control of your daily life. Nothing and no one can derail you and make you upset since you know that you can properly respond later. You will also have the added benefit of obtaining tons of ideas to simply assemble when it's time, thus making the work actually easier since it's all about creating some kind of jigsaw puzzle rather than come up with anything from a blank page, which is very hard. And all, all of that only by making you capture tools like the new body parts. Tomorrow's post will dive deeper into how you can use non-stop capturing to conquer negative feelings and depression, anxiety, PTSD, trauma, and even suicidal thoughts. It is a very important video and episode, which is backed up by the latest cognitive science that everyone struggling should see as soon as possible before it's too late. And with that, I want to say thank you very much for your attention and have a very nice day. See you in the next one.